This is Libraries Beyond the Bookshelf, a joint venture between the Anamosa Library and Learning Center and the Columbus Junction Public Library. Hello, and welcome back to the Libraries Beyond the Bookshelf podcast. I'm Mandy. And I'm Erin. And we're back with episode two, and we're so excited. One of the things that we decided um, when we were talking about revamping the podcast and making this a joint project between our two libraries was we were going to do shorter episodes more regularly. So we hope you're okay with that. But you all know us. We can't not talk about books. (laughs) So today we are going to talk about... I'm super excited about this one. Do you like how I snuck it in? Because then I get to talk about something that I'm super stoked about. (laughs) But we're going to talk about the books that we cannot wait to come out this year. Right? Yes. Okay. So you get to go first, Erin. What is the book that you cannot wait to read because it comes out this year? Okay. So I have a real quick question. Um, are Are we cheating on this one or are we being for realsy on this one? I don't care. Because I have two. I have my my for real one that I'm excited about, and then I have my, my little trash panda one that I'm excited about. Okay, but you know that mine is my trash panda one, so like I think we're good. I think we can uh, talk about all of them. Okay, I will talk about my serious one first, and then I'll end on my other one, because I can. that one's a real quick one. The first book, because again, I'm cheating, um, that I want to talk about is... Silver Under Nightfall. It's a series by Rin Shapeko. Now, if you've listened to a podcast with me in it before, I love Rin Shapeko. I cannot fan girls right here. Mm-hmm. Fan girls of Rin Shapeko. Any anything else like that? Uh, Rin writes. I'm on it. I read it uh, as much as I can. So. This book is coming out September 13th, so I'm really excited about it. And honestly, I'm just going to read, like, the little description because it does it so much better than I could. Inspired by Castlevania and Rin's adult sci-fi debut, a fragile truce is in place between human and vampire courts when a terrifying new breed of vampire, vicious and nearly impossible to kill, begins targeting innocents. Bounty hunter Remy must join forces with the royal vampire court to get to the truth, but begins to develop complicated feelings for them. So... So you okay, you know how I feel about fantasy and like strong world building and all that kind of stuff is just not exactly like my thing. But Rin just put it into a gothic setting that I'm totally going to be down with. And like, is Rin Chapeco bringing back vampire romance? I feel like maybe there's a little bit there's a little bit to that. And if Rin Chapeco does a vampire romance, people twilight's got nothing on this <laughs> yeah yeah and oh goodness what's her name um she wrote uh mexican gothic sylvia sylvia moreno garcia she just did a really fun like new age kind of punky vampire book that got a lot of really good reviews so i'm seeing a Ooh. twist towards vampires also last year adult vampires though like yes for adults yes, yes. we yes. saw it come super hardcore in ya but adult vampires oh i'm so here for this yes and then also because this is giving more like Anne rice vibes rather than like um like twilight vibes mandy what's your most anticipated new release coming this year and when is it coming okay. out in a turn of events that surprises absolutely no one my book <laughs> is a romance novel and it is the third in a series by my absolute one of my most favorite historical romance writers sarah mclean so this is book three 
okay. I don't know where to start to explain about this book other than the first book in the series is about it's the it's a love story between two characters that you met in two series ago. I have theories. I have so many theories because Sarah McLean does an amazing job of building this Regency era McLeaniverse. I mean, that's what fans call it. And all you you meet these characters in these series, but then you see them other places, other things, whatever. So I have an entire theory about this particular character in this particular book. It is a four book series. It follows a girl gang in Regency London who uses their skills to protect women that the aristocracy takes advantage of. So the latest book is about the matchbreaker. So she does whatever it takes to break matches for aristocratic women that don't want to marry these men, whether it's that she uncovers their secrets, whether it's um, that they conveniently have an accident, what whatever it takes. Anyway, the very first book is um, the sister of another character from another book, and she is sort of the spy master. And then book two is the matchbreaker. Book three is knockout. It is Imogen's story. Imogen, the entire time you have read these other two books, her solution when things go wrong is let's just blow something up. And she did in some of the books, and it's absolutely fantastic. But who might you say, of course, of course, the love interest in Sarah McLean world is the Scotland Yard detective that is charged with bringing down this girl gang because they have they've blown things up and they've blown family secrets out of the water and so like there's all of these men that are like oh but patriarchy and so he is trying he just knows Imogen is the problem and she is the problem but he has to be her bodyguard and let me tell you I'm so ready for this book it comes out in August it's like the first day of school so when I am celebrating that my kids are back in school, I'm going to be a trash panda who stays awake and reads this book from start to finish because it's going to be so good. And then I'm going to be devastated because it's going to be a whole nother year before the ne- the last book comes out. And that's Duchess's book. And you've met the Duchess in like literally every ball scene that ever exists in any Sarah McLean book. And Sarah McLean, um, to use her own words, she knows the job. She creates such amazing characters and situations. So if your hero is a firefighter, your heroine is going to be an arsonist. And they are going to be at each other's throats. And they are going to have such amazing internal and external conflict. And it's going to be so good. And I cannot wait to see what Imogen freaking blows up next. And I hope it's Tommy's heart. That's all I have to say. I can't wait. This is the book. Also, if you ever want to talk to me about where to start in the Sarah McLean universe and you want to read all of these books that have lots and lots of smooching and sexy time, um, but also have really, really, really great plots, I'm happy to do that public service for you because I adore her books so much. 
I'm done talking about Tommy and Imogen now. I am delighted that you're like low key trying to figure out like, okay, my kids are in school. Does work need me though? Like the kids are going to be gone. It's the first day where it's going to be easy. Like, is this a half day? Like, am I necessary there? This is a, it's going to drop on my Kindle at midnight and I'm going to stay up reading it and I'm still going to get the signed copy from my local, not from my local bookstore, but Sarah McLean's local bookstore. Okay, so... I've been very excited about this book. I've also been reading this series. I've been keeping up with it. I think you said something that's very important, that a book can be spicy, um, but it can also have plot. And I think that's something that when you're listening to this podcast, yes, we are avid romance readers, um, but we don't read romance just to be reading something. We're actively looking for romance with good plots, with characters that are well written. Um, so I think it's important and we are absolutely advocates of romance with substance, I guess. Not that any romance is bad or any reading is bad, but we are specifically looking for highly developed plots and highly developed characters within romance. So when we make recommendations, understand that it's not just you know, something because can... it has really great spicy scenes. Exactly. Exactly. So I want to clarify that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go into my book if that's okay. Now I did just get done saying that we aren't reading romance, just to be reading romance. So I'm going to say my next book. Um... <laughs> so this series, <laughs> okay. So this series is called Mead Mishaps. So this is kind of like, think like Dungeons and Dragons kind of vibe kind of thing where there's like, yeah, okay. Anyway. Um, Do these have the illustrated covers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gay. <laughs> um, so the series I'm is- so here for it. Uh, okay, so the series is called Mead Mishaps. This is the third book. Um, the first book in the series was, uh, oh goodness, That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon. And then the second book was called That Time I Got Drunk and Yeeted a Love Potion and a Werewolf. And this is the third book, That Time I Got Drugged, or The Time I Drugged a Dragon. So this is by Kimberly Lemming. Um, again, hear me out. Yes, is this a monster romance? Yes. Am I? i super excited for it. Yes, our rom monster romance is super sweet and very good about talking like, okay, so you're a little bit different than I am. How do I accept your differences? Hey, I understand that you need different things in your life than I might need. So how do I make accommodations to make to show that I love you? And so we can be comfortable in the same space together. Um, also, and this is why I'm a big advocate of monster romances right now. I think a lot of romances, people kind of almost get burnt out because they're consuming them so quickly. They get kind of the same storylines with like, oh, this person is this and this person is this. Why we get so excited about these new romances we're reading. Monster romances, because you're getting different monsters, different body types, different like pasts and everything like that, different cultures you're interacting with. It's a different story every time. Like it's you actively are overcoming different challenges. So I really think for people who are burnt out but still love romance, I recommend some monster romances. Now, maybe not like the really intense ones. Some of you have heard of Ice Planet Barbarians. I don't know about that. Um, but I would absolutely recommend, uh, recommend Mead Mishaps. They're very cute. They're very funny. They're very short. And they have a lot of world building. So if you're really into like D&D &D or that kind of vibe, I would recommend this. What? 
I don't know what to say other than <laughs> yes. No, I think I think you're exactly right. I think monster romances allow you to explore what it means to be in a loving relationship and a healthy relationship with someone who is different than you without having to pull in race, sexuality, you know, um, upbringing, religion, all of those things that can be really, really like triggering for people. And so I think that because we all have a different relationship with all of those kinds of things, but do any of us really have a relationship with a dragon? Absolutely not. So we can really kind of evaluate and and think about the conversations that are happening and think about the accommodations that are being made for each other um without having any of that like super triggering content that makes us stop reading and be like oh well just forget that so yeah i think monster romances are really really like i don't want to say popular right now but they're absolutely really popular right now they are (laughs) I'm so glad that you mentioned Ice Planet Barbarians because I have not gone there yet. But I haven't either. Also, I don't know. Maybe this is maybe this is a summertime trip that you and I go down together. Oh, <laughs> we'll for the Ice Planet Barbar- Barbarians. <laughs> for the summer, this we cool it down we... with some Ice Planet Barbarians. <laughs> this summer, we cool it down. Ooh, I don't know if it's going to be very cool, though, Erin, but uh, here we go. I'm told the spiciness is up there absolutely yeah absolutely gotta tell you this last time that i did pre-orders for march i was i don't want to say i was on the struggle bus but like there were so many good choices and i was like oh my gosh what like what do i pick and i mean i i think that there's like some there's always some topics where we're like okay well this has been done world war ii it's been done a lot but there were a couple new ones where i was like well this is a take i haven't seen before we'll try these but you know if there's topics or things that you're wanting to see things that you're not wanting to see that you're like i'm burnt out on this let us know because it's your library we want to make sure we're buying books that you enjoy yeah so come tell us what books you're excited for and you know what write a purchase order recommendation or email us what books you're looking for or kind of tell us what vibe you like so we can make sure that we're getting the stuff that you guys want so yeah yeah and with that We will say goodbye, and we'll catch you next time on the Libraries Beyond the Bookshelf podcast. Bye, guys! And now for your listening pleasure, noise and nonsense, or as we like to call it, the tangents that we took out of the actual podcast so that we sounded like we were professionals that could have a conversation about books for 20 minutes without going down a series of rabbit holes and tangents. Enjoy. We have not had a good vampire writer Oh, that's a that is that's a statement that I just threw down about. Really we did. have not had a really good vampire writer uh, since Anne Rice. <gasps> Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Regarding the statement you just said, I would like to acknowledge that. Is it high fantasy? Is it great world building? No. But do Lindsay Sands and Hannah Howell have a yes. Highlander vampire series? Yes, yes they, they do. do. <laughs> Did I love every single one of them? I absolutely did. Lizzie Sands also has a bunch of vampires that she does her own little spin on. It's so good. Speaking of vampires, we have never talked about this on the podcast. I have not read it yet. But what did you think of Bite Me, Your Grace? That romance novel that was like the vampire hiding in plain sight. I have not read it yet. (laughs) Okay, context here. Manti and I decided 
a year ago that we were going to read this book called Bite Me Your Grace, which was a Regency vampire romance novel. Super excited about it. I did read it. I would say it's good. It's very much the first starter book and they had a thesis statement and that thesis statement was, I really like Mary Shelley and they did not let it go throughout the entire book. I'm hopeful that the second one will understand that the thesis statement doesn't need to be present in every paragraph. It can more just be a title at the beginning of the chapter kind of thing. It needed to loosen okay. up. So what I'm hearing is that vampires are going to be a theme in my reading. Yes. Yes. This next year. Okay. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. I'm, I'm here for that. You brought me back. Um, okay, so this this book, um, Silver Under the Nightfall. So Netflix actually just put out a series about a year ago, I think, called Vampire in the Garden. It was phenomenal. It's animated, so it looks like it's anime, but it, you can choose to watch in English or um, it with subtitles or whatever. It's very good. It's heart-wrenching. It is about vampires who get a drug that they can use that can make them super strong. However, they can only use it once because they perish. Like They use so much of their own body and magic that they just literally consume themselves and burn out. There is the aristocracy who does not want to be part of this because the vampires are feuding with the humans, but they're losing because humans just keep, they keep growing. They keep populating and all of that good stuff it's very interesting that this is coming out around this time because that also had major castlevania vibes i think it was a six episode eight episode series very very good i sobbed so i'm really loving this understanding that vampirism isn't necessarily sexy but also the value of going across separate cultures especially as we're going into a world where globalization is becoming the norm appreciating the globalization that vampirism brings in fantasy <laughs> yes i had to keep dancing so that i remembered this because vampirism makes me think <laughs> that this is how my brain works there is a phenomenal episode of the podcast noble blood with uh dana schwartz who is the author of anatomy a love story and immortality a love story which are like two ya novels that i like have been on my to be read pile for forever however she did a deep dive into Countess Elizabeth Bowtery and this idea of that using blood of the person so that she could stay young and like this idea that she was the world's foremost serial killer, basically. And after listening to this Noble Blood episode, which I mean, seriously, if this in any way, shape or form intrigues you, please listen to it because I will never be able to do it justice. I think Elizabeth Bowtery is probably the most misunderstood woman on the face of history ever. And she got played politically and people have badmouthed her for forever so i i love that we're like in this gothic realm of like vampires and dracula and all that kind of stuff because because we do have a fascination with a with this part of history but if you really 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 want a very well researched well-rounded just great information on all of this stuff please go listen to noble blood the countess all of the episodes are phenomenal like hardcore have binged a ton of them but the elizabeth Bowtry one is delightful phenomenal fantastic and probably would make you like get in the mood to read books like this there we go i brought it back to books 